Welcome to Cars Yeah, show number 492. We never know what life is going to throw us, you know, and how we, you know, deal with it. It's not easy. If you don't have any patience, I don't recommend going blind. We're all given struggles in life and just, you know, we just have to learn how to deal with it ourselves and, and keep going forward. This is Cars Yeah, where you'll enjoy interviews with inspiring automotive enthusiasts. Mark Green is here to provide you with a fuel injection of automotive inspiration. So get in, sit down, buckle up, and get ready for a wild ride here on Cars Yeah. I'll never worry again about having a dead battery with my NOCO Genius Boost Jump Starter. This compact tool fits in my glove box and features rechargeable lithium battery technology that'll jumpstart a dead battery in my car, boat, truck, or RV. The Genius Boost features built-in spark-proof technology and reverse polarity protection to safely jumpstart any of my vehicles. The compact, ergonomically designed clamps are built from solid copper for maximum conductivity. There's a built-in ultrabite dual LED flashlight with seven modes, including an SOS and emergency strobe. I use my Genius Boost Jump Starter to charge my phone, tablet, and laptop while I'm on the road or if the power goes out in my home. The unit itself is easily rechargeable in my vehicle. The Genius Boost from NOCO is the ultimate emergency tool that's safe and easy to use. Quality design, state-of-the-art technology from NOCO, the battery car source since 1914. I've got one in each of my vehicles. Get yours at GeniusChargers.com. Hello, automotive enthusiasts. I am revved up and so excited to introduce today's very special guest, Dan Parker. Dan, are you buckled up and ready for a fun ride? Buckle up and course is clear. All right, course is clear, as they say at Bonneville. (laughs) Very cool. Dan Parker is from Columbus, Georgia. And he's been into racing since the young age of 16. At his company, Parker Chassis, he was a fabricator, chassis builder, crew chief, and a drag racer who in 2005 won the title as the ADRL Pro Nitrous Pro Mod Champion. One of his dreams was to build a Bonneville car, and a tragic racing accident set him on that course. Today, Dan is realizing his dream and has designed and built a custom bike Then in 2013, he took to the Bonneville Salt Flats and successfully ran, setting a world record. Dan returned in 2014 and set his FIM class record. And what were these records for, you may ask? Dan was the first blind man to independently race a motorcycle on the salt. Dan's motto is, I'm not a blind man trying to race. I'm a racer who went blind. So, Dan, I've told our listeners just a tiny little bit about you. Would you take a brief moment to share a little bit more? about your career and, of course, your passion for automobiles and motorcycles. Yeah, thank you, Mark. I, I was born in Columbus, Georgia. To a sec, I'm a second-generation racer. My father, Jimmy Parker, who is 72, is still racing today. As a matter of fact, this past weekend, runnered up at, at his divisional NHRA points race, running stock eliminator. So as wow. a child, <laughs> wow. as a, yeah, I'm very proud of him. Yeah, yeah, I think so. As a child, we just... You know, I grew up around cars and motorcycles my entire life. You know, started off the first time I raced down the drag strip. I was eight years old. They had an all <laughs> motorcycle race, and uh, I ran the mini bike class and came in second. And so it was sort of a natural progression later. And started racing real heavy around the age of 19, bracket racing. And dad started me off slow. 
and wanted me to take it a tenth of a second at a time. So by the time I was in my mid-20s, started racing faster cars. In my late 20s, started driving pro-modified cars in the southeast. In 1998, started driving for Bill George, who I drove for until 2012. And we together won the 2005 80 Oil Pro Nitrous World Championship. And then March 31st, 2012, I had a severe drag racing accident at 175 miles per hour. The car took a hard right turn into a poured concrete wall, and um, it cut the car in half. The motor was 100 feet from where the car came to an end. There was no motor, transmission, front end, dash bar, steering column, firewall, nothing. I was induced into a coma, and two weeks later out of the coma, they realized that my optic nerve had been compressed due to brain swelling, so I'm 100% totally blind. My goodness. Well, you know, first and foremost, I wanted to have you on the show because Cars Yeah, a big aspect of it is inspiring others to get up and get out there and do what they're passionate about. Figure that out. And your story is absolutely inspiring, absolutely incredible. And we're going to learn a lot more about you and what you're doing today. But first, I always like to start with a success quote. This is some kind of saying that's been instrumental in forming your life and your success, and it's a really nice way to get the inspirational tires turning here on Cars Yeah. So, Dan, take the wheel. One quote that I've always lived by in life and in racing is, you can make excuses or you can make it happen. (laughs) And that's something I've lived, you know, before I went blind, and it's helped me get through my blindness. I have to remind myself that sometimes during my dark days, when times get tough, but you can make excuses or you can make it happen. Well, you are such a shining example of that because having had such a horrific accident that, oh my gosh, when you describe that, the car split in half, the engine is 100 feet down the track, you're laying there in a coma for two weeks. My gosh, uh, to get back up in the saddle, as they say, and you literally have done that, to get back up on a bike, And to go to Bonneville, fulfill your dreams is absolutely awe-inspiring to me. And and we're going to inspire some more folks as we head down. But what a great mantra. What a way to live, a way for all of us to live whenever we meet any kind of challenges that we face, whether they're minor or horrific in your case. Would you share a story with me that instigated your passion for cars? You talked about growing up in a car family with a dad who I can't believe he's 72 and he's still racing. That is so tremendous. But is there one pivotal moment, as you recall, when you look back in your childhood, when you realized that you were going to follow in your footsteps and you really were a car guy? I think sometime in the early 80s, I was probably around 10, 12 years old, we were at a drag strip and I saw my first tube chassis race car, you know, all fabricated, new tube chassis. And it just absolutely amazed me how someone could, you know, fit the design and fit, weld this together, and how fast they would go. So I knew right then I was wanting to pursue machine shop and welding, and I did in high school, and that was the one moment that I knew it one day I wanted to build race cars, mm-hmm. that I wanted to be able to make anything I could design in my head. Something you told me when we spoke on the phone a few days ago before we recorded this show is that you're actually still fabricating, that you built the bike that you took to Bonneville, is that true? Yes, I probably built 50, 60% of it myself six weeks after I came home from the hospital. I walked out into the shop one day and I told the fellas, 
today's the day. He said, what are you talking about? I said, I'm going to run my milling machine. Oh, gosh. I'm 33 pounds lighter than I was the day of the wreck. My right arm is stiff as a board. and it's, They had to reconstruct my right arm. Couldn't use my right hand. And I told the fellows, I said, today's the day. And they're like, what? And I said, I'm going to run my milling machine. And they were like, oh, this is not going to be good. <laughs> yeah, and, how are you going to do that? <laughs> and so I did it. You know, first day, I, I thought about it. I felt my machine. And there's videos online on YouTube, Dan Parker Rehab. And I'm indicating in my vice within a half a thousand using technology that I have and, uh, and run my milling machine. Oh, my goodness. Well, again, I told our listeners at the beginning this is going to be an inspirational show, and that is some kind of a, a challenge that you took on. And it leads me to my next question, and this is a question I ask all my guests about facing a huge challenge or a big failure in your career. And obviously, you faced a massive challenge with this accident, losing your sight, damaging an arm, trying to rehabilitate yourself. Could you share with us that huge challenge and maybe walk us through some mindset you had there, how you decided to get back out there and not only work in the shop, but fabricate a motorcycle, take it to Bonneville, and actually try to set a record? I mean, it's just mind-boggling to me. My brother passed away in 2009, and my brother absolutely loved the Bonneville Salt Flats. I promised my mom one day that I would bury his ashes at the Bonneville Salt Flats. Mm. So one night I went to sleep, you know, after the wreck and just thinking about him. And it came to me that I can still race and that I wanted to race the salt. You know, all I have to do is go straight. Sounds easy enough. Of course, you can't see anything. It makes it a little bit more difficult. A little bit. And, <laughs> and so I never went back to sleep that night. And so the next morning my girlfriend woke up and I'm just wide awake. And I told her, I said, I figured out what I'm going to do. She says, what? And I said, I'm going to race the salt flats. She said, okay. She never questioned me, <laughs> nothing. And so it, it started right then. So I started doing research and I just got my first iPhone and learning how to use it, which is absolutely a piece of technology. It's life changing for a blind person that has accessible technology built into it from the factory. Mm -hmm. And so started calling around the country and doing a little research and, Called a friend of mine that had a motorcycle shop, told him I needed a 50. He said, well, I had a, a wrecked an Aprilia RS50, so that gave me my donor bike. And I called uh, Delvine Manning. It, then it was the Bub Motorcycle Speed Trials. And I tell everybody, I think Delvine thought I was joking the first time I called her and told her I was blind and wanting to race the salt. <laughs> and after you know several months talking to them, they realized I was serious. And so I started building the motorcycle. They wanted me to build a three-wheel bike to take balance out of the equation for them to give me a chance. So I, I said, okay, I'm going to work with you and started building the bike. And, man, I had just friends would come by and donate time, you know, to weld. And I had a good friend of mine, Michael Halstead, took his week vacation from chassis engineering in Florida, came spent with me, Matt Insko. Another fabricator in North Alabama came spend a week with me and Sam Perry, just the main guys. And we, we put it together. You know, I would bend tube. I would, you know, cut parts. I would face them on the lathe. I would notch them on the mill machine and they would weld them together. Mm -hmm. And it was a slow process, but it all came together. And so in 2013, I set up Father Salt, 
I became the first blind man to race assault with the average speed of 55.331 miles per hour. I returned in 2014 and set my official FIM class record for the 51 to 85 cc two-stroke single-cylinder cycle car class, which is the way they classify three-wheel motorcycle. Mm-hmm. And I do this by guidance system that a great friend of mine, Patrick Johnson, electronic engineer at Boeing Phantom Works, built for me. We plot the course at the beginning of the day through GPS. His guidance system calculates the center line. As soon as I go one foot right or left, I get a tone in the corresponding ear. The further off center I go, the tone increases. Mm-hmm. So then I know how I need to correct. If I go 20 feet right or left, it shuts off the motorcycle. When I go through the finish line, it shuts it off. And if the chase truck sees, let's say a fire, they can shut it off. Uh-huh. And we, we had to prove all this technology to the officials and they said yes. And, uh, so we did it, you know, and I, I actually hold a FIM international class land speed record. My gosh, you know, this is so tremendous. And there's so many great things about this story. Not only your resolve to get back on a bike, But the aspect of wanting to be involved in building it and having all these wonderful people around you, these talented people to spend their time and believe in you and help you get through this and your girlfriend to just say, okay, I know you well enough that if you want to do this, you're going to do it. So uh, Mm -hmm. it's an absolutely spectacular story. Let's shift gears here and go to the other end of the spectrum. I'd love for you to share what I call an aha moment in your life or your career and tell us the steps you took to take that aha moment to your success in the 90s i owned a small machine shop and i had one major customer it was a battery plant that i used to work for did a lot of their spare parts and it just started building race cars on the side and gathering my equipment well the plant packed up and moved to mexico and so i knew right then i had to you know, I was at a crossroad in life, go get a job or pursue what was going to make me happy. So mm-hmm. I rolled the dice and I opened Parker chassis, started building race cars and just enjoyed every day of it very much. <laughs> well, there's another great story about turning uh, lemons into lemonade, if you will, mm-hmm. uh, especially when a, a, your your main client takes off from Mexico and you're like, oh, my gosh, what do I do now? Mm-hmm. So. I think uh, you and all your friends and your customers are very happy that you took that course and decided to uh, roll the dice and bet on yourself, if you will. Let's talk a little bit about proudest career moments or proudest life moments. And I would assume you've had many, but is there one in particular that stands out for you? I have a few that I like to share. Um, Of course. I've built several cars. I built one for a customer in Canada, Ray Sanchez, and it was on the cover of Chevy High Performance Magazine. And I've been lucky enough to have, I think, four cars at the PRI show, the Professional Racing Industry Trade Show, that won awards. One that won awards at the SEMA show, Alex Viscardi, for a best engineered race car. And also, with a joint effort with Star Racing in America's Georgia, we combined and built some motorcycles for the Sheik of Qatar. Oh, my gosh. And so I've had motorcycles as far away as Qatar and cars as far as away far away as canada so i'm I'm really proud that you know throughout my life i've been able to pursue my dreams fabricate and uh build some fast winning race cars absolutely congratulations spectacular now let's have a little bit of fun going back in life what was your first really special car and if you want to make it a motorcycle too because i know you love bikes and so <laughs> forth but maybe you could share a special memory you had with that vehicle my first my special First hot rod, I used to have a 64 Chevy 2 
Um, had a pretty sporty little 350 in it with nitrous, of course, and um, with 26 bait inch slicks. It run 1070s in the quarter mile, and this was back in about 94. So mm-hmm. for a street car back in those days, it was pretty fun little yeah, car. Quick, yeah, very cool. I love it. Very cool. Well, you've been going fast your whole life, so that's pretty obvious to me. Now, how about a vehicle that you let go that you really wish you had back in your garage? Oh, when I was 15 years old, Dad bought me a 69 Camaro that a buddy of his owned that had a body shop. This was red, black stripes, cow hood, spoiler, 8-inch vet rallies, black interior, but it was a factory six-cylinder car mm. that smoked. And at that time, I was into lowrider trucks, and I sold it so I could get a lowrider truck before I was even 16 years old. <laughs> And have been wanting a 69 Camaro ever since. And yeah. so it, that was the one car that I, I got rid of and always regretted it. Yeah, we all have those in our lives. Some of us more than more than <laughs> one, but uh, I understand. I understand. Well, let's talk a little bit about today and looking ahead. What kind of things are you working on? Are you planning on going back to Bonneville? What are you doing these days that really have you excited and fired up? Well, a few things. I'm working. I'm back working with some pro-modified racing teams. This past weekend, one of the cars I've been helping tune, this team ran their career best, a 3.98 eighth mile, the first three-second pass. And I'm working on some technology. It's a special paper. It's called Swell Paper. And it's made for blind people to be able to feel tactile graphics. And so I'm working with an engineer and we're printing the race pack data acquisition system graphs on the special paper, then run it through the swell machine, and that allows me to analyze the run of a drag, you know, for a drag car to be able to be, to be back in the, you know, contributing to a race team. Oh my gosh, and, that's cool! And so that's something I'm working on, trying to save up to be able to buy this machine to uh, be able to go to the track and you know be a contributing factor again. And the second thing I'm really looking forward to is. I'm about to start a project to become the world's fastest blind man. Oh, wow. Okay. Tell us about that. Well, cur- currently the record is held by a gentleman in Europe and uh, 200.4 miles an hour, I believe is what his record is. Mm-hmm. And America is the uh, the birthplace of speed. So I feel that that uh, record needs to be held in, in America. So I'm there you go. working on trying to put together the funds and the, everything that's going to team to put together a project to... I have a used ARCA chassis donated to me mm-hmm. by local uh, Team 7 Racing, and we're going to be able to get a twin-turbo LS motor and should have enough horsepower to go 220, 225 miles per hour. Wow. Well, that's absolutely incredible. Do you think that's something you'll be able to try this year? No, realistically, we're looking for 2017. Mm-hmm. It's going to take a lot of fabrication. I plan on doing a lot of it myself. And of course, with a volunteer team, you have to work on everybody's schedule and then, you know, and you have to work on budgets. And yeah. so it's, uh, there's a zero budget right now. So we're working on that. And, <laughs> sure. uh, but there was a zero budget when I started the motorcycle. So, you know, just have to take it a day at a time and do what you can do and, and then just keep inching forward and then it'll happen. Absolutely. Now, is there a website that you have that people who would like to get involved to help support you in any way they can that they could go to and get in contact with you? Yeah, I invite everybody to go to my Facebook page. It's Dan Parker Quest for the Salt. Like the fan page and um, send me a message. 
um, they can you know see the updates you know between my motorcycle. I've, I'm now doing a little bit of woodworking and trying to um, do that to sell it to try to generate a little income. Mm-hmm. Unemployment rate for the blind community is seventy percent, mm-hmm. which is staggering. And so this has been my way to try to per se get back on my feet, you know, yeah. financially wise. And so, um, but yeah, Dan Parker Quest for the Salt. I'd, I'd appreciate everybody come and join us. Well, I'll let our listeners know that you'll have your own show notes page here at the Carja website, and I'll put a link to that. I would encourage you folks out there that would like to help Dan get involved in some way, in any way that you'd like to get involved. He would appreciate it. I think it'd be absolutely fantastic. Let's bring that record back to the United States where it belongs Mm. and uh, put Dan out there on the salt and, and watch him go well over 200 miles an hour. I can't wait for that day to happen, and I have no doubt it is going to occur. Now, here's a very introspective question for you, Dan. If you were a car or a motorcycle, what kind would you be and why? I tell everybody I was born 25 years too late. If I was a a car or motorcycle, it would definitely be 1960s front-engine top-fuel dragster. Mm. One of my favorite absolute creations is Tommy Ivo's uh, Barnstormer that I used to just stare at pictures of that that car, and that that's that's art to yeah. me. That yeah. is just beautiful art. And that's back in the days where you know a group of guys could get together and go have fun and and run a car and be competitive without just you know back then I know it was expensive per se, but compared to the millions and millions it takes to run today, right. that was back when racing was racing. Absolutely, very cool, great answer. I love it. Well, Dan, up next is the last lap. But before we put the pedal to the metal, let's say thank you to today's Cars Yeah sponsor. If you own collector cars and still have a little bit of money left over, congratulations. You're ahead of most people. But what should you do with the money you don't spend on cars? Talk to Chris Kimball, Certified Financial Planner Practitioner. For over 20 years, he's been helping people just like you and me with their financial planning and investments. And he's a car guy, too. Call 253-722-PLAN. Or you can view his website at www.chrisvkimble.com. Make sure your investments are running on all eight cylinders, or 12, or 16. Securities through Money Concepts Capital Corp. Member, Finra Sipic. Do you love vintage cars? Then go to carsyeah.com and get a free copy of the fantastic Filler Up book. It's a full-color ebook filled with fuel filler fun with over 60 color photographs of vintage cars plus inspirational quotes from some of the most famous automotive enthusiasts of all time. Simply go to carsyeah.com, click on the free book button on the home page, and download your filler-up book today. It's free at carsyeah.com. Okay, Dan, we are back and we're entering the last lap. You've raced. You are a racer. You know what that means. I'm going to fire off a series of questions and ask you to give our listeners some very quick blips of the throttle answers. So you ready? Yes, sir. What's the best automotive advice you've ever received? To jump in there and do it. You know, don't be afraid. Try. You know, I see so many people intimidated about starting a project or or pursuing their dreams. Just don't be afraid. Jump out there and just do it. Just do don't it. Don't be afraid of failing. You can succeed. Absolutely. Would you share one of your personal habits that you believe has helped contribute to your success over the years? Bill George, my car owner, you know, we're, which we're still great friends today. 
we've always been one that the desire to win is only as good as your willingness to prepare. Mm. And so most people don't realize how much, you know, a way track preparation it takes to, to maintain a winning race car. And that's, you know, not necessarily preparing the car, but preparing the trailer, the truck, yourself, everything. And that's, that's one of the things it takes to be a winning team. Yeah, absolutely. Lots of preparation. Now, how about a resource? I know there are many resources out there today. Uh, I'd love for you to share one that has really helped you. You talk about the iPhone and the incredible technology, and maybe as part of this answer, you can touch on that for other people to understand how important this iPhone is and what they've done for people who have lost their sight to help them function and operate as anyone else would. I was never an iPhone user before I went blind. And a few months after, I learned about it. It has a setting in it. It's, it doesn't cost you anything. You go to your settings, you go to your general accessibility and voiceover and turn it on. Well, my phone, it reads everything to me, you know, text messages, emails. So in my phone, I have a walking GPS for the blind. So whenever I go out and do cane travel, I can find where I need to go. I have an angle finder that I use to set up anything from my table saw to the four-link rear suspension to the pinion angle of race cars. Now, wait a, a mo- minute. This is incredible to me. You are using <laughs> your – this is absolutely <laughs> blows me away. You're using your phone to fabricate cars. Yes. The, the race car that went 3.98 at 185 miles an hour last weekend in eighth mile, I set the rear suspension up with my iPhone setting the pinion angle to the drive shaft. Yes. Wow. <laughs> incredible and so it has the iphone is amazing it has screen readers i send text messages emails tweets post on facebook i have a money reader i can hold a bill up to it it'll tell me the denomination it's absolutely a piece i read books currently right now i think i have 52 books saved to my voice dream app to where i can read books you know i listen to podcasts Pandora. It's just an absolute piece of technology that's in my left front pocket at all times. If I'm up out of the bed, my phone is in my pocket. Wow. Absolutely spectacular, man. Kudos to the team at uh, Apple and all the technicians who've come up with all this uh, amazing hardware software that, that help people in so many ways. It's really absolutely spectacular. And you talked about books. You enjoy books a lot, audio books, of course. Is there one in particular that you'd like to share with the Cars Yeah listeners? Yes. A book I found last year, I didn't even know existed. One Good Run, The Legend of Burt Monroe. Mm. You know, we all know who <laughs> Burt Monroe from the world's fastest Indian. Yeah. And this is a very good biography about Burt. And that was absolutely an amazing man and everything that he made by hand in the modifications he did to his 1924 Indian scout is just absolutely amazing throughout his history. And uh, I'd give anything to go back and spend a week with that man just hanging out and talking to him. You know, he was a spectacular guy. And I remember the movie, uh, one part that really stands out, he would make his own pistons, I believe it was. Yep. He would melt a metal and make these pistons. And yeah, just... Uh, oh, I'm sorry. And one of the things I learned in the book, he made his own overhead cam conversion for the Indian at one time made his head and then he also would make his own connecting rods out of axles. Wow. <laughs> Just innovative and driven, obviously, uh, to go do what he did. And, uh, 
come across the the ocean and you know travel if how much of the movie was really true i don't know but uh, i would assume a lot of it is the things he overcame to achieve his goals so uh i think you two could get along very well <laughs> yeah i think so <laughs> fantastic well i'll remind our listeners you can find links to all these great resources at dan's very own show notes page at carsyad.com slash dan parker all right dan we are up to the checkered flag and this last question can be a real doozy if you could have only one collector car, and I'll include collector motorcycle, if you would, in your garage, and this is something you can sell a bunch of a bunch of other toys or milling machines with, you have to keep it and enjoy it. But money's no object. I'll buy you whatever you'd like today. What would that one vehicle be, and why? Be a '49 Chevrolet Fleetline Fastback on airbags with some, about some four-inch white walls, steel wheels, and patinaed paint, and just a good motor transmission doesn't have to be fast, but just something that uh, Jennifer and I could hit the road in style, have some fun, and it would make it even better if it had a about a 1950 Bambi 12-foot Airstream travel trailer hooked to the back of it. <laughs> that sounds pretty cool. You knew exactly how you were going to answer that question. You have that all envisioned in your mind, I can tell. So. Oh my gosh, that sounds like that'd be great fun to, to head out on the road and enjoy that vehicle. Ah, spectacular, my friend. Absolutely spectacular. Well, Dan, you have taken me on an awesome and very, very inspiring ride today. And for all you listeners out there, if you ever have an excuse to not go out and pursue your dreams, re-listen to this story about Dan because you know what? You can do it. You just have to get up and go out and do it. And I've really enjoyed learning more about you, Dan. I want to thank you for sharing your incredible journey with the Cars Yeah listeners and with me. Could you offer us one parting piece of guidance before you head off down the Bonneville Salt Flats in that next speed setting machine of yours? I tell everybody that we never know what life is going to throw us, you know, and how we, you know, deal with it. It's not easy. I tell everybody, you know, if you don't have any patience, I don't recommend going blind. So we're all <laughs> yes. we're all we're all given struggles in life and just, you know, we have to regroup every now and then, but but you know, we just have to learn how to deal with it ourselves and and keep going forward. Absolutely. Keep going forward. And again, what's the best way for our listeners to learn more about you, what you're doing and if they can get involved and help support your next plan to set a speed record? Yeah, my Facebook page is Dan Parker Quest for the Salt. And, you know, I love for everybody to come and, you know, click the like and get our, you know, like count up. Mm-hmm. Um, I have a few videos on YouTube. My video, Dan Parker Valdosta, V A L D O S T A, is before the accident. And then Dan Parker Final, F I N A L, is a good little short little video of me racing at the salt and i just made one the other day dan parker finger joint jig and that's <laughs> and that's me doing some woodworking and um i'm started doing woodworking been really enjoying that and most people they get really afraid and they see me operating a table saw <laughs> yeah i think so but you know what i have ultimate faith in you dan i'm not afraid at all i have a feeling that you're going to be just fine so Spectacular. Well, listeners, again, you can find everything Dan's been so kind to share on his own show notes page at carsyad.com. Just type Dan in the search bar and that page will pop up. And I'll make sure I put links to all these great resources he shared so that you can click and check it out. 
Go to his Facebook page. Please click like on that. Follow what Dan is up to if you're able to help him out in any way. I'm sure he would appreciate it. Absolutely inspiring talk today, Dan. Thank you for being so generous with your time and your expertise and for sharing your experiences with me and the listeners. Until we talk again, I'll see you down the road. Thank you, Mark. And thank you, everybody at Cargia and everybody for uh, supporting both you and I. Fantastic. Thank you so much for joining us on today's ride here at Cars Yeah. Drive on over to CarsYeah.com to find show notes and inspiring automotive fun. Download your free copy of Filler Up, a fun book filled with gorgeous photographs of fuel filler fun, including quotes from more inspiring automotive enthusiasts. Download your copy today, and we'll see you next time on Cars Yeah.